This evening, we're going to continue in a series of lessons on the parables. Lord willing, next Sunday evening, we'll begin the series on the book of Ecclesiastes. Over the years, I can't tell you how many times I have been asked to repeat that series on Ecclesiastes. So if you can, I encourage you to invite friends and neighbors and always to encourage others to come and be at services with us. We're going to begin that next Sunday evening. The parable of the prodigal son. When you think about the prodigal son, the word that comes to mind is lost. Lost is such a terrible word. You think about some of the things that you might would lose. For instance, some of you lose personal items. Tony, I've lost my keys. I can't find them. Will you go to the third pew on the right-hand side about halfway down and see if you can find my keys? No, they're not there. I've lost my cell phone. I can't find it. Even a little more serious, some lady says, I've lost my wedding ring. I've looked the house over. I've tried to find it. and Maybe I lost it in the church building. Can you look for me? Will you look in the parking lot, please? A little more serious. Sometimes people invest in various ventures financially. Maybe they invest in some business or even in the stock market and they lose money. Some people lose it all. 1929 with the crash of the stock market, people lost everything they had in a financial sense. But even more serious than those are, for instance, the loss of a child You know, it's so sad to sit with a mother and a father and hear them grieve and pain in the loss of a child. I think about David, Absalom, Absalom, oh Absalom, the loss, a parent, a sibling. You see, the word loss is such a terrible word. But there's even one loss greater than that, and that is the soul. In Luke 9, verse 25, For what profit is it to a man if he gains a whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? What a tragedy it will be if you die in an unsaved condition and you don't get to go to heaven. Loss. There's a familiar passage with a context of lost things. If you want to open your Bible with me to Luke chapter 15, if you don't already have it there, there are three things that were lost. There's the lost sheep. The picture is given that the shepherd leaves the ninety and nine and goes in search of that one lost sheep, and when he finds it, he rejoices. The lost coin, comparable to a woman losing her wedding ring, She had ten coins, most likely the thing that's worn in front of the face and represents part of her dowry. She's lost one of the coins. She sweeps the house. She looks for it. She can't find it. When she finally finds it, she rejoices. The lost son. Maybe I'm not correct here. The lost sons, as we're going to observe here in a little bit. The parable of the prodigal son is in reality 
the sins of the two sons. Now, we don't want to talk about it like that, but that's reality. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the actions and the attitudes of the younger son. Then we'll talk about the actions and the attitudes of the older son. And finally, adjusting our own actions and attitudes. Let's talk about the younger son first. We studied the parable, and we call it the parable of the, the prodigal son. We focus our minds and our hearts on the younger son. You know why? Probably because most of us would identify with the older son, and we look and we say, look what that person has done, without focusing on our own failures and mistakes. You have to study what the under- and understand what that young man did and why he did it. What was his motivation? What did he want? What do you know about him? Well, here's what we know. Let's look at verses 11 through 24 of Luke 15. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falls to me. And so he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. What do you know? You know he's greedy. He wanted his inheritance, and he wanted it now. Ever heard that? commercial on television. It's my money and I want it now. Give me what's mine. I want it now. But do you know when you get your inheritance? It's after your parents have passed. 
For this young man, he could care not about whether or not his father was living. For him, he was good as dead because all he wanted was what his father had. He didn't want his father. Solomon addressed this kind of greediness. In Proverbs chapter 28, 20, a faithful man will abound in blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Chapter 28, verse 22, a man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. It's exactly what happened. Proverbs 20, 21, an inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. This young man reflected every bit of foolishness because he was blinded by greed. 1 Timothy 6, 9, those who desire to be rich fall into a, a temptation and a snare into many foolish and hurtful lusts which that which drown men in destruction and perdition. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. He was greedy. He was immature. He didn't have the maturity to handle the blessings that came his way. The Bible says he wasted it with prodigal living, The word prodigal literally means wasteful, not saving. He never considered there's going to come a day that things may not go the way I want them to. He used it and used it all. He was lustful. He not only desired material possessions, he wanted the physical pleasure that went along with many of those pleasures. Luke 15.30, the elder brother says, This son of yours who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, he had paid prostitutes. Romans 13, verses 13 and 14 says, Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust." Don't look for opportunities to do such things. Proverbs 21, 17. He who loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. You pursue all of these physical pleasures and what will it bring you? Poverty. Proverbs 6, 25-28. He says, don't lust after her beauty in your heart nor... Let her allure you with her eyelids, for by means of a heart a man is reduced to a crust of bread. And an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Can a man take fire into his bosom and not be burned? Can a man walk on hot coals and his flat feet not be seared? People don't realize there's consequences to the choices. This young man was so immature, he thought, I can have all of these things and it'll all be okay. I'll tell you something else the young man did. He disregarded his own reputation and that of his family. He didn't think about the choices that he was making, how it was going to reflect on who he was, but it also reflected on mom and daddy as well. In 
Proverbs 17, verse 21, he who begets scoffer does so to his sorrow, and the father of a fool has no joy. A foolish son is grief to his father and bitterness to him who bore, verse 25. Proverbs 29, 3, whoever loves wisdom makes his father rejoice, but a companion of harlots wastes his wealth. Proverbs 22, 1, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches loving favor than silver and gold. It's about choices. You can either choose to have a good name to represent yourself well, or you can choose to do otherwise. You see, it affects a lot of things. Here's a young man who chooses early in life to to sow his wild oats. It comes time now for him to be of service to the Lord and You remember what the apostles did in Acts 6? They said, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. There's some people who make choices young in life to say, I'm going to serve the Lord. And there's some who choose later in life after they've made so many grievous mistakes. Titus 1 and verse 6, For those who would serve as an elder, if a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having children not accused of dissipation and insubordination. You see how children can even affect those who serve. But I will tell you what else I know about him. He became penitent. When he started reaping what he had sown, When he found himself in want, he had done everything the Bible had said don't do and the consequences of it started coming back to him. And it says he would have loved to have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no man gave him anything. This young boy was starving to death. Luke 15, verses 14 and 15, it says, he went and he joined himself and he says, Here I am, verse 17, I'm perishing with hunger and my father's servants have bread to spare. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 10 says, Godly sorrow produces repentance. How do I know this man had godly sorrow versus just being sorrow for the conditions he was in? By his statement. Remember what he said? Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. When he said, I've sinned against heaven, you know now that he understands that this is ultimately a sin against God. Galatians 6, 7 and 8, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, that he will also reap. Proverbs 13, 15 says, Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. God made it so that when you make bad choices, things don't turn out well. What he's trying to do is to to tell you you're going the wrong direction. His actions can be summarized like this. Rebellion, recognition, what he had done and done wrong, repentance, change of mind, change of heart, change of actions, and then reconciliation with his father. I'm sure there's a lot of amens for that. 
Let's talk about the older son now. Not as much as said, but it is just as powerful. Look with me now at verses 25 through 32. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. He said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to him, Father, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. Lessons rarely dwell on the attitudes and actions of the older brother. But I suggest to you, they're just as serious as those of the younger son. Because if you put this in its context, the older brother represents the self-righteous Pharisee whose attitude was, everybody else has got problems, but I don't have any problems. It's all their mistakes. The older son had serious problems of which he was not aware. Not the same sins, but just as serious. Do you know when we look at someone who's in the world and their lives are just steeped in sin, and we say, boy, them poor old heathens. And we fail to take account of our own lives. We're doing the same thing that the elder brother did. What I know about him, I know he's jealous. He resented his brother getting the attention. Notice verse 29. Lo, these many years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. You never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. Here he is. You give him this. Where's mine? I don't like the attention this boy is getting. Even of those who preach the truth, jealousy can be a problem. Philippians 1 and verse 15, Paul said those, some of those who preach Christ do so from envy and strife. Not sincerely, he goes on to say, thinking to raise up affliction to me in my bonds in verse 16. Their idea is, I don't want them to get the glory. I don't want them to get the attention. I'll tell you something else he was. He was selfish. You know, we talked about a person who loved money earlier. We talked about that young man who loved the possessions and what those possessions could buy. Let me tell you what the older brother did. He was selfish and he didn't want his brother to have anything else. Essentially, verses 30 and 31 say, he's wasted his, he can't have mine now. As soon as this son of yours who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, 
you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said, son, you're always with me and all that I have is yours. Well, he's not going to get any of mine. But here's the key part. The older brother was self-righteous. He didn't believe he'd ever done anything wrong. No time have I ever transgressed your commandments. Verse 29. Well, is that correct or not? The father does not correct him at this point, but the parable is for that purpose. Look at Luke 18, verse 9. You remember the Lord spoke a parable of those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. And he talked about a Pharisee and a tax collector and how that the Pharisee stood and prayed and said, Father, I thank you I'm not like other men, even as this tax collector. You see, he thought, I'm the only one righteous. Everybody else is the one who has problems. If you go back to the context that begins in verse 1 and 2 of chapter 15, then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near him and the Pharisees complained, scribes complained, this man receives sinners and eats with them. That's why he told the parables. We concentrate on the younger son. The Lord's purpose was to teach the parable of the older son. Proverbs 30, 12, there's a generation that is pure in their own eyes, yet is not washed from their filthiness. You know what one of the most dangerous places to be in? And that is where you think you have no sins. Where you think I have no problems. Where you think I have no temptations. Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Isaiah 65, verse 5 says, Who say to yourself, Do not come near me, for I am holier than you. God says, These are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all the day. You know what God thinks when you start saying, I am holier than other people? It's a stench in his nose. Now for just a minute or two, I want to talk about adjusting ourselves. You know, you study about the older brother, you study about the younger brother, and you read this and you say, boy, those were two bad boys. It matters what you end up doing. The Lord told another parable of two sons. Very simple, verses 28 through 31 of chapter 21. Man had two sons. He came to the first, said, Son, go work in my, today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not, but afterward regretted, and he went. Then he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, The first. Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, tax collectors... And harlots will enter the kingdom of God before you. You see, profaning or projecting faithfulness to God and, and saying, this is who I am, but not doing anything, 
reflects that you're not really obedient to God. Money and pleasure are deceitful. When we study the book of Ecclesiastes, you're going to find out in chapters 2, verses 1 through 11, Solomon said, I tried it all and it didn't satisfy me. It didn't sustain me. It didn't make my life better. It didn't make me happier. I'm not going to go through all of those verses, but I will tell you, it will not satisfy. Sin has consequences. The devil wants us to believe that they don't. People want you to believe you can drink, you can imbibe an alcohol and it won't affect you. It will. It does. People who participate in promiscuity and lustful behavior want to think, oh, it won't affect you. It does. And it has. In 2 Peter, he says, they utter great swelling words of emptiness And they allure through the lust of flesh those who are just escaping those who lived in error. They promise to them liberty while they themselves are bondservants of corruption. Just like the younger son, you have to be humble before you can make any changes. You have to sometimes hit the very bottom before you'll say, you know what, I've come to myself. The decisions I've been making are the ones that have put me where I am. You may look at your own life and say tonight, you know what, what he's saying is exactly true. The Bible tells me that making the choices I've made is, has caused me to be in the situation that I'm in. And I don't like it. And I want to change it. God is merciful and willing to receive all his penitent children. One thing you learn in studying the gospel accounts is that Jesus had sinful people come up to him. And he didn't treat them with harshness. He didn't treat them with disdain. He welcomed them. Because they were coming to change their lives. God's willing to accept anybody who will change. We need to make sure that we have a right attitude toward our fallen brethren. Are there going to be brothers and sisters who are going to make some very serious mistakes in life? Absolutely there are. We don't rejoice over that. We don't gloat over that. We love them. We want them to come back. Galatians 6 verses 1 and 2 Brethren, if a man is overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Love these people. Care for them. God is a loving Father who wants all His children to do right. The younger and the older, the good and the those who have chosen to do otherwise. Jesus said, The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things which please Him. I wish that would be everybody's desire. I always do what pleases God. Now that doesn't mean you do so with arrogance to say, I've never made a mistake. 
But you make a commitment to do that. And each should be sure he is seeking to do the Father's will. Tonight, if you are not a Christian, let me encourage you as we sing the invitation song that you make your way to the front. Did you come here and say, I want to be a Christian? I, want, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. I'm sorry for my sins. And I want to be baptized. We'll help you tonight. If you're a Christian and you're looking at yourself and you say, he described me when he read about the younger son. Or he described me when he read about the older son. If you need the prayers of the congregation, we will be more than glad to take your name before the Father. And God has promised that he is more than willing to forgive and to receive. Would you come while together we stand and sing?